Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Whitburn Pentecostal Church today. So good to see you all and great to be in God's house. Um, welcome to all who are joining online. Welcome to those who are back in the building for the first time in many, many months. It's hard to believe it's been so long, but I'm so glad that you're here today. And if you're visiting with us, a really warm welcome. It's great to have Lisa with us today. And Lisa's going to be sharing the Word of God with us today. So I'm really looking forward to that, Lisa. Um, we had a fantastic day yesterday up in Aberdeen. Um, some of the leaders in Assemblies of God. And we met, actually, in this new building. So Aberdeen AOG have a new building, uh, which used to be the conference centre. You want to see this? It's absolutely stunning. Um, so just it's amazing what God can do when he takes our faithfulness and multiplies it. We need to keep being faithful. We need to keep pressing into the things that God has for us. We need to keep going. We need to keep reaching people. We need to keep making disciples. And our mission as a church hasn't changed. But I think maybe what needs to change is that we need to begin to rise up in faith and begin to reach out and uh, really connect with people and see them coming into a relationship with Jesus because that's what it's all about. We know how amazing a relationship with Jesus is, don't we? We know how amazing it is to worship God. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to stand, if you're able to stand, we're going to worship God because he's worthy of all of our praise and we're going to give him glory and we're just going to see what God wants to do in our presence today. And Father, we just ask that you would come, that you would meet with us, Lord. We know that you inhabit our praise. You, you come and live in our praise. And Father, we just ask that we would sense your presence as we sing our songs of praise to you this morning. Father, we pray that we would be so aware of your presence. And Lord, for those who are coming in and maybe struggling with some things today, Father, we just pray that they would be able to find a way to just cast their cares on you because, Father, we know that you care for us. So, Father, we just pray that there be maybe for some in this place today a letting go of some of those cares, some of those concerns, some of those worries, some of those fears, and Father, just handing them over to you. Lord, we just pray that you'd come and that you would just demonstrate your presence in our lives today. And Father, we just pray for your anointing on this service, upon all who take part, upon Lisa as she brings your word today, Father, upon our ears as we listen to your word, and upon our hands and our feet and our hearts as we take that and we put it into practice in our lives. So Father, we just pray, bless us. Bless all who are joined online today. Father, we pray that you'd be so present in every home. And Lord, we just pray that you just come and visit people where they're at. In Jesus' name today we ask. Amen. Amen. Let's stand. Let's stand.
Father, we thank you that we're singing about what he has accomplished. Father, that 2,000 years ago, he came into this world as a tiny little baby. He lived such a perfect life. And Father, we know that he lived in such a way that he always kept his destination in sight. Father, he knew that he was coming to die for the sins of the world. Father, he knew that he would be upon a cross one day. Father, that he would shed his blood for the sins of the whole world. Father, that he saw beyond the cross, that he saw that he would rise to life again. He told his disciples about this. They couldn't even begin to understand. And even when he came back to life again, they couldn't even believe that it had happened. But Father, we thank you that he rose again on that Sunday and that he is alive and that he is seated at your right hand, that he prays for us all the time. And Father, we thank you that we have this assurance through what Jesus has done for us. Father, that we are no longer lost, but Father, we are found. And Father, we thank you that we can step into all that you have for us as your people. And Lord, we, we just pray for those that we sing about in that song to reconcile the lost. The kingdom has come to reconcile the lost. It's to bring us back in to a relationship with you. Father, Jesus came to settle our account. All the debts of sin that we had, he came to settle our account. He came to pay our debt of sin. And Father, we pray that many would enter into that experience of knowing their sins forgiven, of knowing what it means to be in a relationship with you. Father, of knowing what it means to have guilt washed away from their lives. Father, just having that guilt washed away, you just come to, to cleanse us and to make us whole, to bring us into freedom, to put us on a good foundation as people so that we can enter into all the things that life has for us. Father, we thank you that you have plans for us and you, your desire is for us to walk continually in obedience to you and, Father, to see those plans fulfilled. And, Lord, we just pray today. Lord, today, may it be part of the outworking of your plan for our lives. Father, you ordained this day. You made it possible. And Lord, we thank you for this day. This is your day, the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we have so many things to be thankful for today. Lord, we thank you that just you are here. And that's the thing I want to thank you most for today, Father, is that you're here. You're here in this room. You're here with those who are gathered online. And Father, we thank you for your presence. And Lord, we pray that you would just manifest your presence in even deeper ways and in, in, in different ways, Father, that you would show us, Father, that you're here. And so, Lord, we just pray for that, that demonstration of your presence. Lord, we thank you for the songs that we're singing today. Lord, the, the truth that is contained in them. And Father, we sing them knowing that we can sing them in faith because you are the one who's birthed these things in our heart to start with and so Lord we just pray for today Lord we pray that you'd help us to continue to be open to all that you want to say Lord may our ears be open to hear what you want to just whisper into our lives Lord often you don't make a big song and dance about things but Father your voice is heard in the whispers and so Father may we be attentive and attuned to the whispers of God today Lord, we know that there are people in our church who need a touch from you. Father, we think of Bobby Edmondson, who's just been taken into hospital last night. Uh, Father, having broken his hip after a fall, Lord, we just pray that your hand would be upon him. Lord, we pray that your blessing would be upon him, that your presence would be with him. Lord, for Anne, that you would strengthen her. And Lord, we just pray that you just surround him with your presence. Lord, for Jeff, who's in hospital still and just needs that touch from you. Father, we just pray that you would come and that you'd minister deep into his body, into his soul, into his spirit. And for Eileen, Lord, we pray that you would strengthen her. And Lord, just give her that 
inner courage, that inner tenacity to, to just keep hanging on in there with you because, Father, we know that you're in that situation. Father, for our friend Mark, Mark Hind, Father, we just pray that you continue to work in him, to restore him, to bring him back to full health and strength. And Lord, I, I prayed this a few weeks ago. Father, I, I just pray that we would uh, witness a day where he stands on this platform and we see your uh, miracle power at work in his life. And so, Lord, we just pray that you be with him. Lord, with sharing and faith as well, Lord, we just pray for that family. Lord, we pray that you'd uphold them. Father, we thank you that Faith got in to see her dad for the first time in such a long time. Father, I think it's about 50 days or something since she last saw her dad. Lord, we thank you that she got in to see her dad. Lord, many more who need a touch from you. Father, you know all the situations that are happening in our lives. Father, you know those who need a touch in their bodies. And Father, we just ask that you would just demonstrate your presence. Lord, we think of Joanna's sister, Margaret, uh, Margaret in a hospital, Father. Lord, we, we just ask that you would just be with her and surround her with your love and with your presence. Lord, that you'd minister deep into her whole being. Again, body, soul, and spirit, just minister there. Lord, we just pray that you would just do something incredible in her life. And for Ron and Joanna, who are so far away and can't be with uh, Margaret, Lord, we just pray for your peace to be upon them. And Lord, Lord, there are just people in here today and people joined online who have needs and Father, we just lift those needs before you. And Father, I just, I just want to specifically pray for those uh, of our congregation who are involved in educating children, young people, young adults. Father, those who are involved in education and just need uh, strength from you. Father, need wisdom from you. Uh, Father, need to uh, just have fresh uh, courage and maybe sometimes understanding as to how to deal with the things that are going on. Father, we just pray that you come and that you demonstrate your presence. Lord, we thank you for all of our congregation who are involved in education. And Lord, we just pray your blessing upon them. Lord, we just pray blessing upon them. Give them strength because they just work in incredibly challenging circumstances at times. So Father, may they know your peace, may they know your presence. And Father, I just pray that you give them uh, what they need to carry your presence into that situation. And so, Father, we just lift them before you in Jesus' name. Father, anoint your ears to hear what we're going to hear from Lisa as she shares in just a little moment. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats if you've not already done so. Good to be in God's house today. So just one or two things that I just need to announce today. And just a, a reminder that I need to do this whole photograph thing for track and trace. So just if you bear with me for a little second, I'll do this, but get that out of the way. I actually looked back at this part of the service on Facebook this week and I thought, what a pain in the neck that is, but hey, something we need to do. Um, just a reminder to, to keep praying. Prayer changes things. We can change things in heaven through prayer. We have an opportunity to partner with God in the things that he's doing in this world through prayer. Prayer changes things. And I don't know, do you believe that? I'm sure you do, because I'm sure you pray every day, because there are things happening in our lives that, that we just need to come before God with. And, and when we pray, we're, we're basically saying, I, I can't do this on my own, Okay. 
And I, I, pray, I pray all the time because I realize there are so many things that I can't do on my own. I need God to be able to do those things uh, in, in, in me and through me and in the church. So I, I keep praying for wisdom. Um, but, but pray, keep praying, keep pressing in in prayer to all that God has for you. And I want to encourage you, remind you that on a Monday morning at 9.30 in Zoom, we pray. Uh, a number of people gather on Zoom and we pray. And those prayers make a difference. On a Wednesday night at 7.30, we pray on Zoom, and those prayers make a difference. And I, I just wonder what the church would begin to look like if we were all there praying together. It's a small amount of people that join the prayer meeting on a Wednesday night, and it's the same in every church. I don't think people believe me when I say about this COVID nonsense that we're all going through, that the things that we're experiencing are the same in every church. Yesterday, we heard testimony from umpteen different pastors and leaders, and what they said, and I nudged somebody, and I said, see, it's true. It is the same in every church. We're all dealing with the same nonsense, okay? But that's just life, and we need to go on with it. But prayer meetings tend to be the least attended meetings in the church. I think if as a church we gathered together to pray and we got serious before God, we would see things happen. And I think sometimes the reason we don't see things happen is because we don't have that collective spirit that comes together and says, we are going to fight for this. There are people in our community that we need to fight and pray for. There are situations that we need to fight and pray for. There are people who are so damaged that they write things on our wall. Gee whiz, we discovered that this morning. Hey, what's that all about? We need to pray for them. <laughs> we need to pray that they come and clean up. <laughs> so I just want to encourage you to get into prayer and to come before God and to keep pressing in on prayer. Anne's going to come up. She's going to tell us about prayer uh, for this Wednesday. So if you would like to just come up, Anne, and uh, you can share about that. Morning, everybody. And morning to people online. Um, so every week Stevie stands up and encourages us to come to prayer meeting. It reminds us when it is, and I'm putting out an extra appeal to you for Wednesday. He's absolutely right in everything that he's saying. We need to come together, and it's the same small group of people that are there. Now, there's a focus in mission. That's why I'm standing here today. There's a focus in mission on Wednesday. I will send out the prayer points on a, a sheet that will come out in an email, um, Stevie will see that that's distributed to you. But don't be put off by that. Somebody once said to me, we thought we might be there to 12 o'clock midnight. Not that that would necessarily be a bad thing, but the prayer meeting will be from half past seven until nine o'clock. We can't cover everything that I put on that email, but what it is is I'm reaching out to our missionaries, our, the people that we partner with. They're sending me back information and say, right now, these are the specific things that we want you to pray for. Pray into this situation for us. We need your prayer. So that is for you to use in your prayer time. The main focus this week will be, um, we've got Andrew Hepburn coming. He will be there with us on Wednesday and he works for Empathy International. So he's going to give us an update and share his prayer points and we're going to spend some time praying with him. Um, I also have an update from the Domingos in the Philippines. And, you know, they're thanking us as well for the prayer that we, you know, that we're raising for um, Joanna's sister and for other things. But they're telling us how they are, um, the situation, and what are their specific prayer points. 
We also hope to have a wee update in video form as well from um, Sarah and Ian, who we support um, with Bible translation. And um, as most of you know, they've had a difficult time with COVID, but um, we're going to get an update on how things are going with them. So I do encourage you, I really do appeal to you, especially because Andrew will be there in person. I don't mean, you know, he's going to be speaking, he's going, what, what would be the right term, Stevie? But he's visually, virtually he's going to be there. So it would be so encouraging for him to see more of our church members being there and showing that we're partnering with them. So please, please come along. And uh, Stevie will send out all the necessary information to you. But we, will, we do make a difference and they're do very, they are very grateful for our prayers and constantly tell me that. But it would be good for them to see your faces as well. Okay? Thank you. Um, Lindsay, could you maybe switch off this front bank of lights, the middle one? Thank you. Because... Uh, we do have a light fitting that's uh, not working properly, so it will just be a major distraction if we don't switch that out. Uh, just to remind you to pray for Marlon, Marlon Young. Um, John's funeral will be on Friday in the church here at 1.30, if you wanted to come along and support Marlon in that. Um, so do pray, do get involved, do uh, the work of prayer. It is a work, it's something that we do. Um, and it's so, so important. It does make a difference. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm going to uh, just invite Lisa up in just a little second. I, I was sharing with the church, Lisa and I, and Mary and I, we go way, way back to probably the 90s. Uh, maybe shouldn't say too much, Lisa, eh? Um, doing youth camps for Assemblies of God. And uh, I remember Lisa just as a I was marginally older than her. Well, no, I'm probably quite a bit older than her. I better just, oops, I'm digging a big hole, get my spade out. Um, so we, we go way back. Lisa is from the Fraserburgh AOG Church, and she does a fantastic job with kids. And uh, we were just hearing uh, during the week that Lisa's kids group is up and running again. They meet on a Friday night. Am I going to spoil your thunder if I say On a Friday night, there are 350 kids coming along to the kids' ministry in Fraserburgh. That's fantastic. That's absolutely amazing. And so, yeah, well done uh, for all the work that you do. Lisa has supported us in the church here, helping us to get jumped for a day up and running. So Lisa's no stranger to many of us, but it's great to invite Lisa for the first time to come and speak. And maybe you can tell us about some of the other things you're doing as well, because life is changing for you, Lisa. So let's give Lisa a warm welcome. Well, good morning. It's great to be here. This is the furthest adventure I've had since March 2020. <laughs> so it's really good to be back out on the road again. And as um, Stevie said, well, I'm, I'm 45, Stevie. So how old are you? Just a, 53. So I remember... I, yes, yes, Lisa. <laughs> nearly 54, hanging on in there. Well, I'll put this down. Um, so I remember the first camp where I met Stevie and Mary because Sarah was just a baby and I just admired this couple that had came with this little baby to youth camp. I mean, off their heads, really. <laughs> but it was so good and it's been great keeping the connection over time. And uh, like Stevie says, I'm part of the Fraserburgh Assembly up there in the northeast of Scotland. I always say in the middle of nowhere. Um, and for those of you that was here when Andrew Smith um, was here as well. Same church as Andrew grew up in. And, uh, you know, we've been really blessed in this season. It's been a challenge, 
It really has been a challenge, and I'm sure you guys have found the same. Um, But can I say that we are digging into prayer. What you said there is so, so important. And uh, as a church, our prayer times have increased, whether they've been on Zoom. Who's loving Zoom? I know. But it's a means to an end. (laughs) And uh, whether it was on Zoom at the beginning of the year, and of course now we get to meet in person. And our prayer times, we've more than doubled the amount of people that come to the, the prayer meetings. And at the same time, God is moving. And prayer is the key, isn't it, to what is going on. So like Stevie said, we were um, overwhelmed, could be the only word to describe it. The first Friday night back, I wondered if anybody would turn up. Have you ever had that thing since COVID? Will anybody come? Is it worth putting it on? And uh, we have buses that take the kids in on a Friday night. We've done buses now for about um, maybe 15 years. And of course, two buses I thought was stepping out in faith. I nearly phoned the bus company and said, one bus will be enough. Um, but of course, the first Friday night, the, buses, the two buses came and dropped off children and had to go back and pick up extra kids. Well, in the space of six weeks, we've been back up and running. We've gone from two buses to four buses. The people in the kids club have done well just to come back because... <laughs> Let's be honest, I'm online as well, I'm ads for the whole world to see, um, but it is a challenge. Growth is a challenge, and um, we had to get our heads together and seriously think, how are we going to do this? And um, now I think we've kind of got it sussed, um, 359 kids is the most kids that we've had on in on a Friday night, and we're believing God for more because there's more kids out there. Um, In the church, I'm involved in various things. I always say jack of all trades, master of, well, we're we're a work in progress. Um, But I work with the kids and with the adults. And just this week, I had the privilege of um, praying with an adult, somebody that came to the Lord, and uh, that was on Thursday. And at the same time, I've got parents texting me saying that two kids this week came to the Lord as well. Isn't that amazing? Generationally, to see people coming. And you know, that's what we're about. And Fraser Bride, just to give you a little update, I don't want to spend too long about this, but we're building a new building in the middle of a pandemic. And God's timing's perfect, isn't it? And um, it's been exciting to see the building going up. And today is our church's building tour. And I'm here in Whitburn, so I got the tour last week. So it was really good to go in and just to see the new building, the auditorium, the different rooms that are there. And we're believing that every seat is going to be filled. So it's an exciting time. It's an exciting time in Scotland. We don't always understand what's going on, do we? But we are believing that God is moving. And I want to speak to you today just um, something that God has really been challenging me on. Because I think it's great to speak from personal experience. And it's about growing in faith. And um, I don't know how your faith is this morning, but over the past 20 months, this has been one of my challenges, to grow in faith. Over the... Over the lockdown, the pandemic, has anybody picked up any new habits, done any new kind of hobbies? We've all probably picked up one or two new things. And uh, going back to last March, you picked up some new things? Still going with them? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I've picked up some good habits. Let me tell you about them. Um, You know, when it came to March last year, it was really interesting because, of course, the church shut. And if you're a pastor, um, if you're involved in church ministry, you're out a lot of evenings. Anybody else been there? You're out a lot of evenings. So it went from being out all the time to being in all the time. So I was kind of looking, thinking, right, what can I do with my time? So I decided that I would go and plant some seeds. 
Never planted seeds before in my life, but I do like the flowers, and it was less expensive to grow them from seed than it was to go to B&Q. So at the time, of course, it was lockdown. You couldn't just go and drive anywhere. And in Fraserburgh, we are 30 minutes to the nearest B&Q. So 40, minutes, 40 miles to get to Aberdeen. So I ended up going to Lidl's for my seeds. So no judgment, but I went to Lidl's. didn't really have a clue what they were called because it was all in a foreign language, but I could see the picture of what they were supposed to look like. So off I went and planted the seeds, started planting the seeds there. Now, I don't have a greenhouse, don't have much of a garden, but I do have a windowsill. So I'm there with my seeds in the windowsill, and they started to grow. And I was really quite fascinated. Has anybody been fascinated watching seeds grow? That these tiny little things here, and I have a seed here, I don't know whether you'll see it or not. These tiny little seeds can grow into something significant. So I planted about 20 flowers to start with, and then I thought, I'm not one to kind of like stop once we get going. So I thought, let's plant some more flowers. So I've got some more flowers. Then I thought, what else can I plant? So I went and decided that I would plant some tomato plants. Not having a clue how big tomato, tomato plants would grow, with no greenhouse and not much of a garden, I planted 13 tomato plants. So they grew, I repotted them, pots got bigger, and at the top of my house all you seen was green leaves. Some of the neighbours probably thought I was growing something else. But it was tomato plants. Well, these tomato plants just went everywhere. But I was fascinated by what this tiny little seed could produce. You know, from there, I've gone on. And this year, my seed growing expanded. So I continued with the flowers. I was all organized this year. And had less tomato plants. Only had five this year. It's less. Um, But I also grew butternut squash. And peppers. You know the bell peppers? And my lemon trees are in the making. So they haven't produced any fruit yet. But when I was looking at this, this really got me thinking about how we grow in our faith. Because we hear that we start as a small, we start with a small seed of faith, don't we? But our faith needs to be growing all the time. And you know, whether you've been on the journey for one day, one week, a year, a decade, our faith should be growing. What I learned with a plant was this, it's either growing or it's dying. It never just stays where it's at. What does it say in Hebrews 11? It says, faith is the confidence for what, and what we hope for and the assurance of what we do not see. It says also in, in Hebrews that it's impossible to please God without faith. So faith is so important. And earlier on, just a couple of months ago, I was reading through the book of Matthew. And I just want to share from a couple of chapters in Matthew this morning. So I'm in Matthew 14, if you've got your Bibles. And um, this is just, I want to take you through a bit of a journey. And where I went to is I read this. And this is a story that will be so, so familiar to you. Because it's a story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. Now, this is one of my favorite stories. And every time I go back, I always see something a little bit different. But let me read um, to you. When it says here, Jesus feeds the 5,000, and it starts in, let me just get the right verse for you, verse 13 here. So it says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left the boat to, to a remote area to be alone. 
But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on fruit from many towns. Jesus saw a huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them, and he healed the sick. So here is Jesus, and he's doing miracles right in front of the crowd and also in front of the disciples. That evening, the disciples came to him and he said, and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. That's a great statement to come from Jesus, isn't it? He's just healed the sick, and then he turns to his disciples and says, so come on, you, heal the, uh, you feed them. He says, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he told the people to sit down in the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up the 12 baskets of leftovers, and about 5,000 men were fed that day along with women and children. And you know, as I read that, we know that story, don't we? And then when you read this story, it's one, of course, it's found in all four Gospels. And you hear the disciples asking different questions. They've been with Jesus. Jesus has healed the sick. He's healed the lame. They've seen the miracles. But as Jesus asks them if they can then feed the people, they come up with all these problems and come back with all the questions. We don't have enough money. There's nowhere to buy food. Where on earth are we going to manage to feed all these people? How much is it going to cost? Have you ever asked that question when you have been asked to step out in faith? You give Jesus all the problems, all the reasons why it can't happen. And then I think about the disciples during this moment. Can you imagine as they stood there and Andrew went and found the boy that had the packed lunch? And as he took this packed lunch to Jesus, I wonder where his faith was. Would it have been that he had little faith, he had medium faith, he had great faith as they brought this basket to Jesus? Do you know, as Jesus took the bread and the fish and he broke it, he prayed for it and he handed it out, could you see faith arising within the disciples? You can see their expectation becoming more and more. And then what I think is great is at the end, they all got to pick up a basket of food because there was 12 baskets. They all got to see a bit of the miracle and hold it in their hands. They must have been buzzing at that moment. They must have been so excited to see what Jesus could do. And it's a great miracle. It's a great story. It's a great encouragement, isn't it? Knowing that nothing is impossible for Jesus. But let me just walk you through Matthew, because when you look in your Bible at Matthew 14, do you know from the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus goes and he walks on water. Again, the disciples are a bit shocked when they see Jesus in the middle of the sea, aren't they? As, they? as he comes into the boat, and we have that whole experience where Peter has gone and walked on water, and he sinks, of course, Jesus catches him. From there, we see that the Pharisees have a conversation with Jesus just at the start of Matthew chapter 15 about washing their hands and what's important to the Pharisees. Then we see the Canaanite woman comes and Jesus has a conversation with her and because of her faith, her daughter is healed. And then we carry on in Matthew 15 and it speaks about Jesus healing the lame and the cripple and the mute and the blind. Miracle after miracle after miracle. But let me take you to the next part in Matthew chapter 15. It's a different location. It's different people. It's different resources. But it's the same Jesus that's standing on the mountain, this time with 4,000 people. Do you know this story? 
Jesus feeds the 4,000. Very quickly, let me read it to you. Then Jesus called his disciples and told them, I feel sorry for these people. They have been with me for three days and have nothing left to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they will faint along the way. The disciples replied, where would we get enough food here in the wilderness for such a huge crowd? Have you heard that question before? Just in the last chapter. I read that and thought, oh, sounds a bit familiar for me. Can you relate? You've asked God for a miracle. You've seen the miracle happen. You know that he's able. And then you're back asking the same question just the next week or the next month or the next year. Jesus replied to them, but how much bread have you got? We're back to, okay, so what do we have? What are we working with? And the disciples say, well, we've got seven loaves and a few small fish. Oh, we're back to the same circle again, where Jesus told all the people to sit down in the ground. He took seven loaves and the fish, and he thanked God for them, and he broke them into pieces, and he gave them to the disciples who distributed the food to the crowd. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards, the disciples once again picked up seven large baskets of leftover food, and this time, there were about 4,000 fed on that day, 4,000 men in addition to the women and children, and then Jesus sent them home. They got into the boat, and they crossed over the other side. Do you know, did their faith grow between these two miracles? I was really challenged by that. Because when you look at it, you've got 5,000 on one hill and you've got 4,000 on the other hill. When you look into where they think the crowds were at, the 5,000, they think that crowd was slightly, was Jewish. So they think it was a Jewish crowd, but the 4,000, they're thinking it was more of a Gentile crowd. So it's the same setting, it's a hill with a lot of people. 5,000, 4,000 plus the men and the women. Do you know the 5,000, they'd just been there a day. So they weren't starving, but they were in need. But the 4,000, they'd been there for three days. They probably had eaten all their food because they said that they would nothing left. So similar, isn't it, the situations? But, you know, there as well, the baskets had 12 baskets. And because it was a Jewish crowd, they, they think it was a Jewish lunch basket that would have been passed around. So those baskets were slightly smaller. But I love that each of the disciples, I think, would have picked up their own basket and seen the miracle going into this basket as they picked up, up the leftovers. But with the 4,000, I just imagine them sharing the baskets. It says that they were larger baskets. The word spirus is Greek for a larger basket. So they probably would have been able to fit clothes into this basket. This basket could have been carried between two disciples where they're maybe discussing it a wee bit more. We've been here before. We've already put food in a basket that Jesus has multiplied. Here we are again. We really need to increase our faith. And I can just imagine them going around the mountainside having this conversation. And Jesus, Jesus used the loaves and the fishes in both situations, didn't he? Five loaves, two fish, seven loaves, and a few fish. Different location, different people, different resources, different time scale, but the same Jesus. What does it say in Hebrews 13? That Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The more I read the Word of God, the less critical I become of the disciples. Because when I was younger, I used to think, I can't believe that they just don't get it. Anybody else been in that boat? Why did they not click? I mean, they were with Jesus. But as an adult, who's now 45, the older I get, the more I look and can relate, thinking, oh my goodness, I need to learn lessons again and again and again. 
Do you know, when I was going through the book of Matthew, do you know that Jesus described people's faith over and over again? Let me give you some examples. In Matthew 8 and 10, we read about the centurion servant. The servant that came and asked Jesus to heal, the centurion servant that came and asked Jesus to heal his servant. And Jesus said this to him. The centurion didn't need Jesus to go to the servant. He just asked him to heal him. And because of his faith, Jesus said he hadn't seen faith like this in all of Israel. Chapter after, if you go to Matthew 9, and the paralyzed man is there. Jesus says this to him, as he can't move, as he's got no other options, as he needs Jesus to heal him, Jesus turns around and he says, seeing their faith, he healed them. Further on in that chapter, we've got the woman with the issue of blood, where Jairus' daughter is seriously ill. And in the midst of the crowd, she comes up and she reaches out to touch Jesus' garment. And Jesus says this, your faith has made you well. And then in Matthew 15, the story that we just skipped by, when the Canaanite woman came and she has this conversation with Jesus where she's saying to Jesus, please, can you heal my daughter? And Jesus is seeing where her faith is at. He says to the woman, your faith is great. I thought, wow. Jesus describes people's faith. How would he describe your faith? You see, when he'd done the two miracles, he'd spoken to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, Jesus then got onto the boat with the disciples, and he encouraged them not to be distracted. Can I take you to Matthew 16, just for a little bit? They've seen the two feeding miracles. They're now having a discussion with Jesus. And it says this in Matthew 16, verse 8. It says, Jesus knew what they were saying. And Jesus describes their faith as this. They were discussing not having any bread on the boat, that they'd forgotten to take the bread with them. They were discussing what the Pharisees and Sadducees said, and they were getting a bit muddled up. And Jesus said this, you have so little faith. That's how he described the the disciples' faith. Why are you arguing with each other about having no bread? Don't you understand even yet? Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftovers you picked up? Or the 4,000 I fed with the seven loaves and the large baskets of leftovers you picked up? Do you know, Jesus described the disciples' faith time and time again. Can I read some of Jesus' descriptions to you? He says in Matthew 6, when he's speaking about worry, he says to the disciples, you have little faith. And then he says in Matthew 8, when the disciples are in the storm, he turns around and he says to them, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. And then he says in Matthew 14, when Peter is walking on water, like I've said, he says to Peter, you have so little faith. And then in Matthew 17, where the um, the disciples have tried to cast the demon out of the little boy and he comes to Jesus, he turns around to them again and he says, "Don't you you don't have enough faith. Do you know, time and time again, we hear Jesus saying to the disciples, you don't have enough faith, you have got little faith. He's not trying to discourage them. He's trying to encourage them to increase their faith. He's trying to encourage them to grow their faith. And you know something he did? Because by the time we get to Acts, we see a different bunch of people. We see people who had great faith. We see people who were willing to step out. We see people who, be- who, were, be- who were willing to believe the impossible. But you know something? It's a journey to get there. So my question today is this. How do you grow your faith? You know, when we go to Matthew 16, Jesus says to them, you don't understand. Don't you remember the 5,000 I fed? Jesus is the one. 
Jesus brought the miracle. Jesus changes the situation. Jesus is the one that, that we need to depend on. And I believe to grow in our faith, we need to depend on Jesus. Do you know, we depend on so many things, don't we, in this world? Who's got their phone with them today? Yes. Who's got a car with them today? Who's got a TV in their house that they depend on to fill them on in the news? Who's got family that they depend on to help them out? Do you know, we depend on so much in this world, don't we? How much do you depend on Jesus? To depend on Jesus is to trust. It's to believe. It's to rely on. It's to hold on to. Do you know, the disciples didn't trust Jesus in that situation. The disciples were all about the practical ways of doing things. We are not asked to live practically. We're asked to live supernaturally. We're asked to live that we depend on Jesus. And that means that we can't always see the answer in front of us, but we know who we can go to to get the answer. Do you know the disciples focused on the problems? But we need to make sure that we focus on the promise. And you know, God's promises are true, aren't they? They never fail. They're always there for us. Do you know, life has got its problems, hasn't it? And it's when life has got its problems and its challenges that we need to depend on Jesus more than ever. I remember just a few years ago when I was driving in my car. And um, I love going out on a black night and looking up at the stars. Is anybody else like that? Stars are amazing to look at, aren't they? You just look at God's creation and think, wow, how on earth does that happen? How on earth can they just stay there? How does that formation happen? But I remember this one particular night. Life wasn't going so well. And the, you just had a heaviness on me. Has anybody been there before? And you just kind of think, how are we going to get through this? And I remember driving, and the sky was just completely dark. Couldn't see a thing. Couldn't see a star. And as I looked up, I'm like, God, where, where is your creation? Where are the stars? But you know something? The stars were still there. Just because I couldn't see them didn't mean they weren't there. Didn't mean they didn't exist. You know, God's promises are there. And even at times when you can't see them, even at times when you don't necessarily feel it, God's promises are still there. And we still need to depend on Jesus. You know, there's people's stories that really inspire me. I love hearing about Corrie Temboom, about um, Catherine Kuhlman, William Booth, George Moulard. Does anybody else lo- like hearing the stories of those hero- heroes? But of course, they've all gone on to glory now. They're not here. But there are some other people who are also uh, feeding back amazing stories of what Jesus is doing. And Heidi Baker, I love, I love reading her book, Always Enough. And just the inspiration of what you read there and the miracles and how she is dependent on Jesus. And when I read the story of the 5,000, the story from Always Enough in chapter 3 always comes back to me. If you, hadn't, if you haven't read the book, just in that book, it says about how Heidi, she had two kids of her own. So there was four of them in the house, but they were also looking after another 100 children looking after they were staying with 100 children. It's a lot of kids to stay with. It's a lot of mouths to feed, isn't it? And she speaks about how, that they, the, how they were needing food. And they were praying and they were dependent on Jesus. They were believing that Jesus was going to come and to bring the food that they need. And they got this knock at the door. It's always good when there's a knock at the door. And she's a lady standing there and she's got a pot of food for the four people in her family. And she's got 100 mouths to feed. And she says, at that moment, we went and we said, hey, thank you very much. And the lady's kind of looking, she says, how many people are here? 
And he says, well, there's a hundred. She says, I've only made enough for four. Heidi says, don't worry. We're going to pray over the food and we're going to believe that it's going to feed everybody in the house. She says, they went and took the, the paper bowls out of the cupboard and they, they began to scoop it out of the pot. One scoop, not a half scoop, but she says, a full portion of food into the bowl. One, two, three, ten, twenty, fifty, ninety-nine, one hundred. Everybody in the house was fed. Wow. That woman's still alive today. Those children are still here today. It's not a story from a hundred years ago. It's a story of what God's doing now. Does that not just inspire your faith? Do you not want to live like that where you see God moving supernaturally in your situation? Do you know Oswald Chambers says this, he says, complete weakness and dependence will always be an occasion for the Spirit of God to manifest his power. Let me read that to you again. Complete weakness and dependence will always be an occasion for the Spirit of God to manifest his power. We live in a world where we like everything just to be right, don't we? We like everything to be in order. We like to know what's happening. We like to be in control. And you know, if one thing the pandemic has shown us is that that is not always the case. I really believe that over this period of time, that individually, we should be growing in our faith. Because everything we knew 20 months ago was taken from us. It's almost like we've been on our own individual journeys of faith, isn't it? We've had to dig into God's word ourselves. We've had to, in those moments where we've really been struggling, we have to find our dependence on Jesus and not sit there and think, well, this is just how it is. I'm just going to accept the circumstances. I believe that our faith can grow in this time. You know, it says in the Bible that faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains, doesn't it? And um, I've got some mustard seeds here. Mustard seeds are tiny just tiny. And you know, for this mustard seed to grow, we must plant it into the soil, we must leave it there, and we must trust its dependence on water, and it'll break through, and it'll come into the light. And time means that this little seed will grow stronger and stronger and stronger. But sometimes I wonder, if we take the seed, and rather than growing it, if we crush it, Potential's gone. What could be is gone. Yes, the seed is here and it's full of potential. But if it's not planted in the Word of God, if we don't trust God's promises, if we don't water God's promises, if we don't depend on Jesus, it never will see the potential that is inside the small, small seed. You know, Abraham is one of those examples in the Bible that had great faith, isn't he? And quickly, can I take you to Romans, um, Romans 4 in verse 19? And it says this, Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and he became the father of many nations. And it says this in verse 20, Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. He was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. He fully persuaded, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he promised. I want you to take you just for a moment. What has God promised you in your life? Is it family members that you believe would come to Jesus? Is it healing that you believed? Is it breakthrough? Where's that seed of faith in that promise? Is it planted? Are you like Abraham where you say, I fully believe 
that he who started a good work in me will carry on to completion. I fully believe that God will change that situation. I fully believe that God will bring about a miracle. So the first thing we need to do is depend on Jesus. The second thing I believe we need to do is this, delight in Jesus. Do you remember the baskets? I think the baskets in that story were so significant because the disciples all had a basket each. And you know, it's a bit like us. We need to delight in Jesus and carry around the basket of what he's done in our life already. Do you know, those baskets that the disciples carried represented the miracle because every bit of loaf that they picked up was something that Jesus produced. Every bit of leftover fish was something that Jesus produced. It wasn't natural, it was supernatural. And as they carried up those baskets, they could see what God has done. Can I ask you today, what do you delight in your life that Jesus has done? Salvation? We need to delight in our salvation, don't we? It says in Psalms, restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Maybe that's you this morning. You need to be restored again in your salvation and delight in what Jesus has done for you. Maybe it's delight in healing that's already happened in your life. Maybe it's delight in, in how he's rescued you. Answered prayer. There's been a breakthrough. Do you know, when you carry the evidence of the miracle, your faith grows. When you carry what God has done. Do you know, there's one thing the enemy can't steal from you. And it's your memories of what God has done in your life. Nobody can take your experience. Nobody can take your breakthrough. Nobody can take your story. Because that is what God has given you. And sometimes in the hardest times, we've got to delight in Jesus. So my question to you with this one is this. What baskets are you carrying around? Do you know, for me, I am, I'm, I'm always thankful for my salvation. I've been involved in kids' ministry for many years now, but you know, as a nine-year-old girl, I accepted Jesus as my savior, the best decision I ever made, the decision that I built my life on, and a decision that I will always delight in. And you know, I thank God that I'm here. I thank God for the way that he's directed me in my life. I'm thankful for the healing that he's brought in my life as well. Do you know, just a few years ago, um, back in 2018, when the world was normal, do you remember that? When the world was, is the only thing we knew it. And um, I, in, the, in May 2018, I, um, just in my 40s, it wasn't a midlife crisis, it was just a list of things I was going to do. So I decided that I would run a marathon. Yeah, I know you're looking at me this morning thinking, really? But yes, I did. So I, in 2018, ran the Edinburgh Marathon. Just delighted. One of those things I'd always wanted to do. But you know, in November 2018, a virus hit my body. And I couldn't walk. I couldn't get out of bed. I ended up living my own, and my mom would come in in the mornings to get me up. Um, and I had two months of absolute pain. Two months where I just thought, I cannot see the light at the end of this tunnel. Has anybody been there in their life? Because I reckon by the time you're in your 30s and your 40s, you have experiences like that. And I'm a woman of faith. I'm a woman that believes God's promises. I'm a woman that believes in God's breakthrough. But my goodness, every morning when I woke at 5 a.m. and I could feel every muscle in my body, it was not a good moment. Because I had to make a choice there. I had to make a choice whether I was going to sit there and just moan or whether I was going to believe for a miracle. 
whether I was going to believe what, that God could do what he said he could do. And I'll tell you, see, in those hard times, it's amazing how your faith can shrink, isn't it? And it shouldn't. When I, I had to make the choice every morning. But let me tell you, the first week it was okay. I'd lived in pain for a week, and I'm still believing for a miracle. But when I was on to week two and week three, and it was getting worse, and it wasn't getting any better, I found it such a, such a challenge. I remember coming back to church in January. I'd missed everything. Christmas just didn't happen. I didn't see a kid's Christmas party. I um, had came in and watched the kid's family service, but I came in late and I left early because I couldn't be there for that long. It took so much out of my just to be there. Everything about Christmas I missed. And I remember sitting in the front row of church on the 6th of January. And one of the pastors was leaving. It was a farewell evening. I was there. I was standing in pain. And I was hearing all the words of these new songs that they'd sung since I hadn't been there. I felt like I hadn't been in church. Anybody had that experience? You come back to church and you don't know the church that you had left. Two months on, I'm standing and my attitude wasn't right. There was no delighting in Jesus. There was just moaning in my own self-pity as I stood in the front row thinking, Lord, help me. And they put up this song. It says, I have this confidence because I've seen the faithfulness of God, the still inside the storm. And it said this, I trust the power of your word, enough to seek your kingdom first, beyond the barren place, beyond the ocean waves. And it says, when I am in the waters, I won't be overcome. When I am in the rivers, I will not be drowned. My God will make a way. And I stood at the front and I had a choice to make. I could depend and I could delight in Jesus, or I could moan, and I could groan like the disciples would have done in the mountain saying, we don't know where to get food, we don't know how much it'll cost, we don't know what we'll do. And you know something, it was a, it was a real challenge that day to lift my hand, to deal with my attitude, and I am going to praise the Lord. I'm going to delight in the Lord, even though I don't know when this day is going to finish. And I remember lifting my hands, and lifting my hands this high was so, so painful. But as I lifted my hand and I forgot about myself and I started focusing on him and my dependence went to Jesus and my delight went on Jesus, I had an experience I've never felt before in my life. Because standing there in the middle of that song, I felt something change inside my body. I, I felt the pain going from my body. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it so much that I thought, I'm scared to say anything because you're just not sure. Anybody been there? You don't want to say too much. But let me tell you, I was in the front row, and by the end of that night, I thought, oh, pain, the pain is gone. <laughs> I think the pain's away. <laughs> and I started to praise God. I went to, to Ben Ritchie, he's our, our senior leader, and I says, Ben, I, I, I think I've been healed tonight. But I went to sleep, got up the next morning just to check. <laughs> I'm human, just to check. <laughs> I was amazed. Do you know something? When I delighted in Jesus and never delighted in the problem, my life situation changed, but my faith had got to step up. I had got to change my attitude. I'd got to rely on him. This morning, how would Jesus describe your faith after living through 20 months of a pandemic? Let me read you some of the ways that faith is described. Jesus describes faith in the Bible. Some people had no faith. Some people had little faith. Some people had great faith. Some people had strong faith. Some people had genuine faith. Some people had true faith. How would Jesus describe your faith this morning? Do you know, a seed stops growing when you stop watering it and giving it light. 
Can I show you something I've taken from Fraserburgh? Anybody know what this is? This is homegrown. I'm looking for a bit more response than that. This is homegrown. I'm quite impressed. So this is from um, my pepper plant, three pepper plants this year. And um, isn't that amazing that from a tiny seed that can grow? Is that not amazing? There's 10 of them on the plant. Here's what amazes me. I'll pick it up before I go. If I just take the lid off here, carefully, from one seed that I planted back in March, this fruit is produced, which I know will taste amazing. Now, this is blind because I haven't opened it. You've seen my cutting it for the first time. This is how much faith I've got. Look at how many seeds are there. Look at how many pepper plants can be planted from that. And there's 10 of them on my pepper plant. How is your faith growing? Because you see, when you grow your faith, it grows up. This plant has a great big stalk in the middle. It's got leaves. It's got fruit. Its fruit can produce more fruit. Your faith can lead to others increasing their faith, which can lead to others increasing their faith, which leads to others increasing their faith. But you know, it all starts with us growing our faith. There's a great song that you sing here. I'm going to ask the band to come up just now. And um, the, the chorus is this, the verse in the chorus, it's morning by morning, it says this, I will trust where you lead. I will trust when I can't see. Morning by morning, great is your faithfulness to me. It says, I will trust with all my heart. You are good, you always are. Morning by morning, great is your faithfulness to me. He is so faithful to us, isn't he? But how is our faith in Jesus? It says in the bridge, all fear be reminded, my future is secure. My father has spoken and he keeps his every word. What's your story been for the last 20 months? It's been quite a journey, hasn't it? We've been through situations that we never thought we would be through. We never thought we'd go through. We've been away from others, the lack of fellowship, lack of being together. Has your faith taken a turn? Has your faith grown? Do you know, there's a verse that really stood out to me in Hebrews. Hebrews, of course, is the faith chapter, isn't it? And it says, by faith, Noah built the ark. By faith, Enoch was taken. By faith, Abraham was called. But then it says this in verse 13. It says, all these people, Noah, Enoch, Abraham, were still living by faith when they died. Just think about that for a moment. While there was breath in their body, they were living by faith. They maybe didn't live through a pandemic, but boy, Noah had his hands full. Abraham, he led some crazy people. They had faith until... They had faith when they died. What is your story? Like I said, I've been a Christian for many years. You know my biggest challenge at 40, 45 is? 
that as I remember being a brand new Christian, a young Christian, a young person, and I'd have been the one out there at the front saying, Lord, use me. Here I am. Send me. Lord, I surrender. Lord, I give you my all. Does anybody remember that? You've had those moments, haven't you? Jesus, here I am. Use me. I, I want to be, be all that you've made me to be. And then life happens. Doesn't it? And just like the 5,000 to the 4,000, it's just a chapter. For some of us, it's just a decade. For others, it's just a few months. But can I, stir, can I encourage you to stir up that faith that's within you? What God has called you to do, the dreams that God has given you, the faith to believe in the impossible, the faith to believe that you are chosen and called, the faith to believe that God can move mightily here in Whitburn. It's a challenge, isn't it? I'm going to ask everybody to stand just now, just for a moment. And I want to ask you again, how would Jesus describe your faith? Over this past 20 months, I'm not asking how you would describe your faith. You see, Jesus constantly was describing people's faith, but how would he describe your faith? No faith? Little faith? Great faith? Have you had strong faith? Have you had genuine faith? Have you had true faith? Wherever you're at, I believe that as time goes on, that Jesus wants to grow your faith, that you depend on him in every circumstance, in every situation, and that you delight in him, even when the sky is dark and you can, you know, the promises are there, but you can't see them. Will you grow your faith and a faith that will grow the faith of others? A faith that will see this community changed. I believe God is moving in Scotland. I believe we're chosen and called for this time. You know, in the front of my Bible, it says this. Romans 8, 28, my favorite verse. I got it's a gift from somebody. We know that all things work together for good for those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. We have no idea why COVID happened. But God makes all things work together for good. All things for those who are called according to his purpose. Take wherever you're at just now, wherever your faith is found just now, and can I encourage you to grow it, to lean into him and see what story you write in the next 20 months. Lord, I thank you for each person standing here. Lord, I pray as your word has gone out today, Lord, that, that faith would be stirred up. And Lord, wherever we're at in the journey, Lord, that our faith would increase. And Lord, that we would go on to do amazing things for you. Lord, I pray that people will come to salvation. I pray that healings will happen. I pray that families will be restored. I pray that the broken will come and find peace in you. Lord, all for your glory. Amen. Can I leave one thing with you? We spent a lot of time in Matthew, but you go to Acts. Those 12 guys changed the world. 
Those 12 guys who weren't offended by what Jesus said about their little faith. They changed the world. And Jesus then described, when you go on and you see their descriptions of faith after that, they had amazing faith. Faith that moves mountains because they watered the seed and it grew. I believe we're coming in an Acts season where the Spirit of God is going to move. Be one of those that has great faith, that believes for the impossible, that sees and knows that Jesus can do all things. Let's just come and worship as we finish our service. Always love Morning by
was in my devotions this morning, I was in Hebrews 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 1. I was reading that passage that Lisa quoted today. And just as I was meditating on that particular verse, I just had this image of a seed. And the seed needs to go underneath the soil in order for it to grow. And it was just this idea that was in my head this morning as I was thinking about today that we can't disturb the seed when it's in the soil. If we try to, if we try to get in there to see how it's growing, it's not going to be able to grow. The seed needs to grow in the darkness, but it's stretching for the light. And I just felt God was saying that there are some people and there's that seed of faith and it needs to be watered. You need to keep watering the faith. But there's just that element of darkness just now, but you need to be patient. You need to persevere. You need to hold on because some people are waiting for the moment, like just like the seed where the, that little bud pops up out of the soil and it's that breakthrough moment. And some people are waiting for the breakthrough and I really feel that God was wanting to just underline that today. Be patient while you wait for the breakthrough, but wait with faith. Water your faith and water that seed of faith and believe God for the breakthrough. Keep believing God for the breakthrough. And I really resonated with so many things that Lisa said today uh, that God wants to do something incredible in our nation in, this, in the days and the months and years and the decades that lie ahead of us, God wants to do something incredible that's going to change our nation, that's going to change generations. God wants to do something that's going to impact not just our generation, but it's going to ripple down through generations. And so let's keep believing for him, uh, for these things. Let keep, let's keep pressing into what God has. You need the thing that's happening in your life. Keep believing, keep pressing in, keep believing God for the breakthrough. And just we will rejoice. We will rejoice when we see the little shoot coming up. And God does not despise the day of small things. He encourages us to rejoice in the day of small things. It doesn't matter how big it is or how small it is. When we see God at work, we will rejoice and we will celebrate and we will be glad. And we will jump for joy as a church. Father, we thank you for all that you have said today. Father, we pray that these words which we've heard today, Father, may they be like seeds which land and good soil in our hearts. Father, we think about the parable of the sower and, Father, how the seed needed to land in good soil. And so, Father, we pray that our hearts would be like good soil today. Father, that there'd be places where faith can grow. Father, where we can believe for greater. We can believe God for new things. We can believe God for the impossible. Father, we are so dependent on you. And, Lord, we know that you want to come and meet with us and meet us in our place of dependence. Father, we just pray, help us to delight in you. Father, every day as we worship you and the ways that we live our lives, not just in song, not just in the way that we read our Bible, but Father, in the way that we live our lives, may we worship you, may we delight in you, and Father, may we see your hand at work in every area of our life. Father, for those who are struggling just now, Lord, you know that there are people who are struggling just now. And Lord, we pray that you come and that you meet them. And Father, may they just feel the warmth of your presence, just as the warmth of the sun lands on the surface of the soil. Father, it just, Lord, we pray that we would just experience the warmth of your presence in our lives. Lord, we give you glory, we give you praise, we give you 
uh, everything within ourselves today. And Lord, we ask that you would just come and continue to water these things in our lives. Father, as we give ourselves to you, Lord, we pray that you'd pour yourself into us. Lord, we pray that you would continue to have your hand upon us. And maybe there are some people today and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus and you're thinking, what's this all about? What does this mean? God is saying to you that just as faith is like a little seed that grows up out of the soil, God wants to do something in your heart. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, then he wants you to surrender your life today. And he wants to bring new birth, just like a new little seed uh, pops up through the ground. He wants to bring new birth, spiritual birth into your heart today. And I'm just going to pray one last prayer and before we finish up today. And if, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, then you pray this prayer. Pray into yourself and ask Jesus to come in and to plant faith within your heart. Just pray this prayer after me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I can call you Father. I thank you that you want to be my Heavenly Father, that you want to be our Heavenly Father. And I pray that you would come and plant faith within my heart. I thank you for who you are, I thank you for what you've done and I pray that you take me into a place where I experience you in a fresh way, in a new way. Forgive me. Make me clean. Give me a fresh start and help me to live in your power. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, you've never prayed that prayer before, even if you've prayed it for the the 10 millionth time today. Come and let us know. We want to just encourage you. The Lord bless you and I hope that you have a fantastic week. If you need to chat about anything, if you need prayer for anything, you know where we are, please do feel free to get in touch and we just want to encourage you. So the Lord bless you. Thank you, Lisa. We've enjoyed your word. Let's give Lisa one big uh, last thank you.